Hello, this is Pastor Christopher Allen, wishing you a good day to all of you. I trust you had a great Sunday morning. My wife, Britta, and I, we got together and watched uh, the live stream broadcast from our online church service. Uh, we belong to the Worship Center in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And when I'm not preaching overseas, whenever I'm home, which is a couple of weekends every year, I always make sure that I go to my home church. It's very important that we uh, we are faithfully connected to a home church. And, and especially in these days when people are so disconnected because of what is happening, the situation uh, with, uh, with the churches not holding services because of the coronavirus, that, that we are faithful uh, to our churches and we don't forget. And also remember to send your tithes and offerings to the church. One of the things that uh, struck my mind this morning is that, you know, there's so many needs around us and because of the closing down of uh, shops and restaurants and all that, a lot of people are out of work and especially people like waiters and waitresses who make their living off the tips we give them uh, and uh, hairdressers, you know, people like that uh, who, 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 is, who support their families that way. A lot of people won't have money. So what's going to happen now in that in these days, there'll be more people than usual who will need financial help. And I know that most churches, they have a food bank with which, uh, you know, through which they um, help and, you know, provide food for people in need. But now in this season, there's going to be more than the regular uh, average number of people who will be needing our help. So, and all this help will, I believe most of it will go through the churches. So it's very important that we are faithful with our tithes and with extra offerings above our tithes so that we can give it to the churches and our churches have enough resources to help those in need in need because that's a good way to reach people with the gospel now some of you are thinking well i have needs too uh, and, and i agree with that we all have needs but remember that those people out in the world who don't know jesus they they, they don't have something that you have what you have is faith and faith can produce financial miracles. Faith can produce healings. Uh, and, and if you, this is a good time, if you sow seeds of blessings, financial seeds into the lives of other people in need, either through your church or on your own to your neighbors and friends, people around you, if you sow seed, uh, your seed is being seen by God and the Lord will faithfully bless you back. So this is a, a wonderful time for us to actually live out and, 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 and do the things that we have learned over the years, uh, set into practice the things we have learned and experience the blessings of God. So, you know, faith for us is a way of life. Anyway, uh, I, what I want to share with you this uh, day is very simple. Uh, you know, I was thinking of what is happening in the world around us, the situation around us, and I suddenly realized how important it is for us to go back to the basics and the very foundational thing, the very foundational thing and the most basic thing is to think of the cross and of what Jesus has done for us. Go back to the cross and go back to what Jesus has done for us. And I've written down a few scriptures and I want to share them with you. And the first thing, why did Jesus come to this world? Well, Jesus came into this world to die 
for sinners to lay down his life for us so that we may have eternal life. But I want to share two scriptures with you. The first verse is the words of Jesus himself as to why he came to this world. And that first scripture is Luke 19.10 in which he said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus Christ came into this world to seek out and to save sinners, uh, to save those that were lost. I remember when I was lost and Jesus found me. You know, some people say, I found Jesus. Well, we didn't find Jesus because he wasn't lost. We are the ones who were lost. And thank God that Jesus, he sought us out and found us. So Jesus came into this world to seek and to save that which is lost. And that is the primary reason for the existence of the church in the world today. The reason the church is here, the reason God has given us the Holy Ghost is, and the word and, you know, and the power of, uh, you know, the anointing of God, all these wonderful things that we believe in is so that we can continue to do the work of Jesus. And that is to seek and to save that which is lost. So Jesus said, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, another scripture I want to read to you, and this is uh, John the beloved, the apostle John. In 1 John 3, 8, this is what he writes. Listen to this. He says, the reason the son of God was made manifest or visible was to undo, to destroy to loosen and dissolve the works of the devil. I'm using the amplified, the classic uh, amplified version. And I like this. It says, the reason the son of God was made manifest or made visible, the reason the son of God came to this world was to destroy and to loosen and to dissolve the works that the devil has done. Now, uh, Jesus didn't come to destroy the devil. The devil's time will come. Uh, the time of his destruction will come. But, but he came to destroy the works of the devil, destroy the works, the works of the devil to undo and to destroy the works of the devil. Now, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, you will see that there were five things that he did, the five main things. And I read them to you. The first thing was Jesus taught the scriptures. Jesus taught the scriptures. He had the Old Testament scriptures. He didn't have a New Testament, but he had the Old Testament and he taught the scriptures. The second thing he did was he preached and he proclaimed the kingdom of God. Jesus preached and proclaimed the kingdom of God that was uh, soon coming to the earth. And uh, he preached about the kingdom of heaven and, uh, you know, he preached about and proclaimed the kingdom. The third thing was that Jesus healed the sick. And in fact, this is interesting about Jesus healing the sick. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, have about 3,500 verses total. And out of them, uh, out of them, 700 scriptures, uh, that is about 20%, one out of every five of the verses in the four Gospels show Jesus healing the sick and casting out devils. That is interesting because it appears to me that Jesus spent more time in healing the sick and, and in casting out devils than he did anything else. And we will talk more about the healing ministry of Jesus, you know, another day. But I want to emphasize this. So the first thing was he taught the scriptures. 
And this is not in sequence in order of importance. I've just put these together. The second was he preached and proclaimed the kingdom of God. Thirdly, he healed the sick. And about 20% of the, of the verses, total number of verses in the four gospels show Jesus healing the sick and casting out devils. Then uh, healing the sick. And number four, he cast out devils. And then number five, he forgave sinners. And of course, he did other miracles also, like he, you know, feeding the 5,000 and all that, and how he, he, he stilled the Sea of Galilee in a storm and things like that. And, uh, and, and in fact, he did many more things because, the, uh, because John, in the Gospel of John, right at the end, he wrote, he says, many more things than these did Jesus do. And there were so many things that if, if we were to record everything, the world would not be large enough to, rec to contain the books that would record those things. So the ministry of Jesus was a ministry in which he touched people, in which he reached people. So, uh, you know, in which he healed the sick, cast out devils, did wonderful miracles, physical manifestations of miracles in people's lives. And so when we talk about the cross, we, we have to lift the supernatural power of Jesus Christ to the forefront, his power to save sinners, to give new life to those whose lives have been destroyed by sins, and his power to heal the sick, to cure, to restore, to deliver, because, uh, you know, I mean, that was a key part in the ministry of Jesus. Now, in fact, the Greek word sozo, uh, which is uh, translated as salvation, is also translated as healing. So in, in the mind of God, the whole uh, thought of salvation and healing, they kind of intermesh and they go together. He doesn't separate salvation from healing, but salvation and healing, they go hand in hand. Uh, because sin and disease both came into the world as a result of the fall of man. And the remedy for both sin and disease are found at the cross because Jesus paid for our sins and he paid for healing from our diseases at the same time, at the same place in on the cross of Calvary when he was crucified. Anyway, more about that later. But we, I want to look at this. I want to read to you a couple of scriptures here. First Peter 2.24, and I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist, to sin and live to righteousness by his, his wounds you have been healed. So we see that at his, this is what Jesus did uh, uh, when he died on the cross. You know, what did Jesus do on, you know, upon the cross? Because we talk about the cross, the preaching of the cross. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, Reinhard Bonnke, he, he, one of his classic sermons, he, he talked about a cross is actually two beams of wood. And that's a cross. And, and I've thought many times, you know, a cross is a religious symbol. Every religion has a symbol. So a cross has become the symbol of Christianity. But it is not the symbol of the cross, but it is what happened upon the cross that is important. And it says here that when Jesus was upon the cross, he personally bore your sins and my sins in his own body on the cross. So when Jesus was upon the cross, he bore and took away as our substitute all of your sins and my sins upon his own body upon the cross so that we 
And the reason he did that, so that we may die or cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness. So he died upon the cross so that the power of sin may be broken upon our lives, so that our relationship to sin may be ended, and so that we can live to righteousness. And then it says, by whose wounds, by his wounds, you have been healed. So not only did he bear our sins upon his own self as our substitute to set us free from the power of sin, but he also bore our physical diseases and infirmities as our substitute so to set us free from the power of sickness and disease. And he says, by his wounds, you have been healed. Not that you shall be healed, but you have been healed. Anyway, then then the second uh, scripture I want to show you is Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. Again, I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, surely he has borne our griefs, sickness, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and Oh, sorry, and pains. Yet we considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted of God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement of uh, needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So he talks about three things. Firstly, that he bore our sins. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities and that he was beaten for that we might have peace and that with his stripes, we have been healed. And here we see uh, how the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross touches our spirit, soul and body, how he touches our spirit by taking our sins away from us and taking them upon himself. And the second thing is that he bore, he was beaten that we might have peace. And that is, that touches the soul, especially in these days. A lot of people don't have peace. They don't have peace within themselves. There's no peace within families and peace between man and God. But a great thing as, you know, a result of man's lack of peace with God is he doesn't have peace within himself. And these days there are suicides, there's suicides, there's depressions, and it has become a real issue. Uh, people take their lives. People feel like they are in despair. They don't have anything to live for anymore. But Jesus took that also. He was beaten so that we might have peace. Because uh, if you remember when they, before they crucified him, uh, after they had whipped him, first, first they whipped him, they put a crown of thorns upon him. And thorns in the Bible are symbolic of the curse that is on mankind because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And, and so Jesus became a curse for us. Hallelujah. Every curse that was upon us, every generational curse or whatever kind of curse there is upon man, it was borne by Jesus Christ upon the cross. And he, he became a curse for us and he bore our curses so that we are no longer cursed but we are blessed. That is why no Christian should be able to say, well, I'm under a curse. Can you break a curse? Curses have been broken when Jesus took them away from us and he was cursed so that we can be blessed. And then after that, he was beaten. They took those two by fours and they beat him up. And Isaiah says, says that in chapters 52, the last verse, he says that uh, he was, his face was beaten beyond recognition 
and uh, you know he was beaten so hard they couldn't even recognize him and why was he beaten he was beaten so that you and i may have peace peace with god peace with our fellow man peace in our own hearts hallelujah what a what a wonderful savior we must we must remind ourselves of these things what jesus has done upon the cross how upon that cross he bore our sins and he was beaten that we might have peace and he became a curse for us and took those curses away from us and so that we can be blessed and that by those stripes that were laid upon his back we have been healed hallelujah so that is what jesus did upon the cross now because of the sacrifice that jesus made for us upon the cross we have total redemption in spirit in soul and in body in we have forgiveness of sins we our broken relationship with god is restored we have healing for our bodies and we have peace in our minds all these for us are for us and all these things must be appropriated by faith they can only become a reality if we appropriate them by faith that is we take them claim them receive them by faith acknowledge them that they are ours and we take them by faith and then we confess with our mouths and say thank you jesus that i am saved thank you jesus that i am free from the curse thank you jesus that i have the mind of christ i have peace of mind and thank you jesus that i have been healed because you have borne my diseases upon yourself at the cross of calvary now this being said i want to start with the next thing and next thing is the power of the new creation and th- this is the first thing uh that Jesus purchased for us upon the cross um the new creation not only are our sins forgiven but we have been made new creations in Christ Jesus let me read to you 2 Corinthians 5:17 and 18 therefore if any man is engrafted in Christ the messiah he's a new creation a new creature altogether the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away behold the fresh and new has come but all things are from god who through jesus christ reconciled us to himself received us into favor brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him now what it says here is that when we receive jesus we are engrafted into christ not we are not just with Christ but we are in Christ we become uh, as as Ephesians puts it very beautifully we become flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone we become a part of Jesus it says we is if any person is in Christ he is he is engrafted into Christ and we become a part of Christ it says he's a new creation and i like that because in the greek it actually means a new species of being that has never existed before we are not a person who is renewed now the mind has to be renewed but we our spirit is new we are not uh, it's, it's not like restoring an old piece of furniture in which you take the uh, the stuffing out and you put some new upholstery and do it up no we are not redone we are new creation we are something that has never existed before so when you come to jesus christ when you look at his cross and acknowledge his sacrifice the bible says that we are new creations we are a new creation we are a new 
species of being that has never existed before. And, and now there's a little thought here I want to interject here that I just thought of that, you know, in the, um, in the days of Israel, before Jesus Christ came to this world, you had the Jews and the Gentiles. That's what the two kinds of people on this earth. You had the Jews and you had the Gentiles. Those were the only two kinds of people on this earth. But Paul is now saying there's a third kind of man on this earth. It's not only the Jew and the Gentile, but the third kind of person is this new species that has never existed before. And that is those who are in Christ Jesus. So now you have the Jews and the Gentiles and you have this new creation, this species of being on this earth that has never existed before. And the Bible says these new creations in there, you know, in Christ Jesus, he says, all things are passed away and all things have become new. Jesus has taken your past and taken it away and thrown it into uh, into the ocean or wherever, into space. He doesn't remember. He says, I will remember their sins no more. He doesn't remember your sins anymore. You are a new creation. You don't have a past. You are not a former criminal or a former drug addict or a former this. There's no former because you are a new creation. The old person is dead. All things are passed away and all things have become new. And then it says, all things are of God. You who are born again, you are of God and because God has created you in Christ. And that is the wonderful power of the new creation. And I will continue more with that tomorrow. We will talk more about the new creation, the more of this miracle of salvation, the power of the new creation and, and what it means for us and how we can walk in this wonderful reality. God bless you and uh, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I ask you, Father, that let each one of them have a wonderful assurance that our names are written in the book of life and that we are saved and that we have been washed in the blood of Jesus and that you have made all things new. Father, let us walk in the newness of what you have done for us in Jesus' name. Now, before I, we part here, for now, I want to share a little story with you. Uh, this was in Chaisa in Zambia at a crusade. And there was a young man. Uh, I went there a second time and this young guy came to see me. And this, this was his story. The pastor introduced him to me and said to me, he said, Pastor Christopher, when you kept and held a crusade here, this young man, he was, uh, I mean, he was 17 years old and he was part of a gang. They were violent. They used to rob people and they were, they, they were selling drugs, using drugs. And, uh, you know, I'm just into heavy duty crime. And he says, uh, they all, they, and so I asked this boy to tell me a story and he said to me, Pastor, I was a gangster, I was with this gang and we all came to your crusade just to make fun, just to see what was going on because we saw the platform, the lights, we heard the music, there were thousands of people. So we came to see what was going on and he said, we heard you preach and the guys who were with me, they were just laughing, making fun. But uh, what you said about Jesus, just the, the, you know, the gospel that you shared touched my heart and I... I was, uh, um, I was touched and, and, uh, and I, I wanted to give my life to you, but I was afraid of my friends, peer pressure. So 
uh, I did not. So I went back home. I was living with my mother. And then I, I came back the next evening again with my friends. At this time, I just couldn't resist it. So he says, when you gave the altar call, I went straight on my knees. I began to cry and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And God did a wonderful thing in my life. He said, I began to go to church and uh, he said, my mother was angry and threw me out of the house because I was bringing in a good income through my criminal activity. She threw me out and the pastor helped me, took me in. He said, now I'm preaching the gospel everywhere I go. I take my Bible with me. I share with others about what Jesus Christ has done for me. And I've seen many other young people come to the Lord. And I've heard many other stories like this. This young man, his story really stands out. But uh, other day I was back in another place in Georgia in Zambia. A man came to me and he testified and he said, Pastor, you preached a about Jesus and uh, uh, I was a Muslim uh, and I'd never been to church, never heard the gospel. Uh, I came from another part of Zambia and, and, and when you preach about Jesus, I got saved and now I'm a pastor. I planted three churches. Then I remember another guy came to me and he's a, he's a powerful evangelist. He has planted several churches. He also got saved in our crusade. You know, the story of Jesus, it is so wonderful. It is so powerful. Wherever the gospel is preached, it transforms lives and it touches our hearts also. And anyway, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord continue to do his wonders in your life and touch you. And we see you tomorrow. We'll continue to talk about the power of the new creation. God bless you.